unleash the untapped potential of your website and create a truly inclusive digital experience. A lot of website owners we work with do not realize that there are legal obligations of ADI compliance, also known as American Disability Act. But not only do you need to do it for legal reasons, but you need to also do it just to create inclusivity of your website to all people. That allows everyone to be able to access your content, your products, and your services. So join us as we dive deep into the world of website accessibility, simplifying it, and helping you be compliant. Welcome to the e-commerce made easy podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Saunders. When we started this business, all I had was a couch, a laptop, and a nine-month-old. My main goal? To help others. Now with over 20 years in the e-commerce building industry, and even more than that in web development, I have seen a lot. I love breaking down the hard tech into easily understandable bits to help others be successful in their online business. Whether you're a seasoned e-commerce veteran or just starting out, you've come to the right place. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the world of e-commerce together. So what is ADA compliance? Since access to the internet and content is important, the American Disabilities Act legally requires websites to be ADA compliant. ADA compliance is a collection of guidelines that determine if a user with disabilities can access your website. One of the most recognized guidelines for digital accessibility is the Web Content Accessibility Guideline, or WCAG for short. There are different levels of compliance according to the WCAG. There's level A, which just means that some users can access your site while others cannot. Level AA, whereas most users can access your site with only a few users who cannot. Or level AAA, which is where your website is accessible to essentially all users. So as a website owner and business owner, you need to make sure that you're aiming for a level AA or AAA compliance. So how do we make our website ADA compliance? Well, when we do this, keep in mind that making our website ADA compliant is also going to help all users be able to use the website. So a lot of these guidelines are things that you should be doing anyway on your website. So the WCAG has divided it into four basic principles, perceivable, operable, understandable, and robust. By creating a website that enables all four of these principles for our users, our site would be considered accessible. So let's take a look at some of the key areas on our websites where barriers can exist that deny accessibility. Now, in the podcast, we're not going to be calling, covering all of them because that would take quite a long time, but I'm going to cover the top things that we see that website owners work to do and try to do. All right, so first off, text. Is your text readable? Is the font, um, let's say a more normal font, make sure it's not too fancy. Um, you want to make sure your font is readable by screen readers for those that are visual impaired. We also want to make sure that the font is decently large enough. Make sure it's not too tiny. Um, even those uh, such as my grandmother was considered legally blind, she could read and see, but if something was too small, she wouldn't be able to see it at all. So you need to consider all varying levels of sight when you're talking about text. And we also need to consider whether these tools like screen readers can read the text. We want to make sure that the spacing between the letters 
aren't too tight or too loose. So if words um, are used with a font that has really big spacing in between, that can make it really hard to read from a user's perspective as well as a screen reader. And same if there's too close together. So if the letters are too close together, it's also very hard to read the words. So make sure that your text is nice and visibly readable. You also wanna make sure that your text can easily be increased without issues by the user and not lose the information on your website. So you need to experiment with doing the control plus and control minus, which is how you would do it on a PC, to increase the font size of a website and make sure it doesn't distort your look of your website, make sure it's not covering up aspects of your website. So experiment with that and try that. Also, we wanna make sure that our colors are distinguishable. So we wanna make sure we have colors that are higher in contrast. We don't want to be putting light gray on white, for example, or let's say black text on blue. That's very hard to read for everybody. And it's especially hard for those with a visual impairment. So we need to make sure that we are not creating barriers for those. We also wanna make sure that our colors are not too um, bright or fancy. We obviously wanna make sure our websites are beautiful and easily distinguishable and memorable, but you don't want your website to be memorable because you have say blue text on a purple button or something that's really hard for our eyes to see, and especially harder for those with visual impairments. So we need to make sure that the contrast that we have in our colors is very distinguishable. And we also want to try to avoid common colors that are colorblind cannot see. So we need to be looking at that as well. Next, we need to look at other aspects of our website, such as images and videos. For images, we need to make sure that we have alt text describing what the image is. So alter, alt text just stands for alternative text. So it's just a place that you describe in words what the image is. So if it's a boy with a dog, you want to put boy with a dog on a sunny day or whatever the image is showing. So as website coders, you can do that with what's called alt text. It's just ALT equals, and then you put in quotation what you're using to describe the image. That can be done in almost all software out there, whether you're using WordPress or an e-commerce system. Usually whenever you upload an image, there's a place for you to put alt text. So be sure that you are filling that out when you're putting images on your website. Now, the other aspect I mentioned was video. So we want to make sure that our video is easy for those with disabilities to be able to understand. So some ways we can do that is to have closed captioning. We could also provide a transcript for the video. For those that might have hearing impairment, we need to make sure that there isn't any background noise or if there is background noise or music that is really low so that they can English easily distinguish the audio that's on top of that so they can hear very well. So not only do we need to think about videos in the form of visual impairment, but we also need to make sure hearing impairment as well. Now me, I prefer whenever I'm watching a video to have a transcript available. I don't mind learning with video, but I remember better when I'm reading something. So you can also think of it that way too, is I don't have necessarily a visual impairment or a hearing impairment, 
But for me, I learn much better if I'm reading something too. So you can think about that when we're working with our websites. Also, we need to make sure that the website's keyboard accessible in all areas. So we need to make sure that you can browse through the website using no mouse. Typically that's done via tabbing through a website. Tabbing will highlight different links on the website. You need to make sure whenever you're doing that, it's going across and then down your website in a normal manner that you would expect and not jumping all around. If you get a little bit fancy, sometimes website designers will make it jump around and not really mean to or realize what they're doing. So you need to make sure that you're testing out for keyboard accessibility. Along those lines with keyboard accessibility would be navigation. So not only do you need to make sure that the navigation is keyboard accessible, but you want to make sure it's predictable as well. And you need to make sure that it's as you flow through the website without a mouse that you can get to all the navigation elements in an easy manner. And you also want to make sure it's simple. So I do see some e-commerce websites that have tons and tons of categories with many categories underneath categories, underneath categories. And really, whenever you get too deep into categories, you're causing everyone, even with those with disabilities and those without, a really hard time to browse your site because nobody wants to click five times to get to a product. So not only are we going to be doing this for ADA compliance, but we also need to just do this for the general population and don't bury things too deep in your navigation. We need to make sure it's easy to get through to for everybody. Another thing that was probably a bit more of a thing back in the day in say the 90s and the early 2000s are flashing things on our websites. I don't run into that nearly as often anymore but you need to make sure that you're not presenting material that's going to potentially cause seizures in people. So keeping that in mind, making sure you aren't having the blinking text and the flashing lights, which again, I find I only see that on really old outdated sites, um, but it just is still something to keep in mind as well. And then we want to make sure that our website have headings that make sense. That not only helps us organize our thoughts as we're skimming through the website, but it also helps people follow through it whenever they do have a disability, whether they're having a screen reader read it or something like that. We need to make sure we have headings. Okay, so next up is website forms. So you might have a website form to contact you for questions. You might have a website form to fill out if you're checking out on a website. We need to make sure that these forms are very intuitive, that screen readers can read the text that describes what each input form, input item is for. And we want to make sure that you can tab through the form in a logical manner. For example, if you're doing a checkout, we want to make sure that whenever they tab through the checkout, they tab in an order that is typical. So first name, last name, address, city, state, zip, for example. When you tab around, you don't want the tabbing to go first name and then city and then maybe last name and then address. I mean, that's just really confusing. And me personally as just, I guess, kind of a power user of computers, I don't typically click in the forms either. So I use the keyboard to type out all the forms. I hit tab and I'm typing through all the, I tab through all the 
inputs in a form and I go through it nice and quickly. So we also, we need to make sure that that works for everyday users as well as um, those that have disabilities and need a bit more assistance. Also, we're going to need to have really good error assistance. So whenever somebody does type, say, the city in for the zip code, for example, we need to make sure that the error that comes back to the user is very clear and it's something they can very easily understand where they went wrong and they can easily get back to that area as well. And we also need to just, in general, prevent errors from happening just like that. So you want to have error validation on your forms, for example, making sure a zip code is just numbers if you're in the United States or if it's appropriate pattern for postal codes outside the United States. You need to make sure that there's error checking for things like that, phone numbers, etc., email addresses, to make it easy for the user if they did make a mistake to understand where they made the mistake and so they don't submit a form improperly without the right information. And then some websites have time-sensitive actions. I'm not a big fan of this. Personally, as a user, having feeling anxious and feeling the need to get something done in a certain period of time, I just find it creates anxiety for many users. But we also need to make sure that we don't have that restriction in place for those with disabilities because it may take them longer to type out a registration form. It might take them longer to do something on your website and you don't want them to miss out on an opportunity because they took too long. So make sure that your sessions and any time sensitive um, actions on the website have plenty of time for everybody to be able to fill out. Now, the ADA compliance is always ever-changing and we also, as hopefully website owners and um, administrators, are creating new content regularly. So when you're doing that, you need to make sure that you're regularly reviewing your website for these top items that we just talked about to make sure that you are ADA compliance on it. And you also are going to want to check out the WCAG website to make sure that you're up to date with the latest requirements for ADA compliance. Okay, so we need to make sure that we are also regularly reviewing our website to make sure it's ADA compliant. So not only will they be updating compliance regulations and requirements, but as you add new features and new content to your website, make sure you check it out as you add it. It's much easier to check it out as you're creating new content or as you're creating new features than to have to go back and go through your whole website and double check everything. So just be proactive. Anytime you're bringing in new features, um, new content. So if you write blog posts a lot, just make sure you have a standardized way that you're doing it to make sure it's compliant. So you can make that one pretty easy by having just a standard way to do it. But when you're adding new features, make sure you're always testing them for ADA compliance as well. So in conclusion, equal user experience is key here. So in designing a website for accessibility, it is important to keep in mind that the user experience of all users should be equal. Users who are disabled shouldn't be unable to explore your content, but should instead have a means to explore it in the ways that they can. So our sites need to be optimized for turning visitors into customers, and we want to make sure it is compelling no matter how a user absorbs the content on your website. 
So in recap, make sure that you go through these checklists that I've given you. Go to our show notes at ecommercemadeeasypodcast.com to look at all the different points that I brought up, as well as we're going to link to the full comprehensive list that they require as well. And remember that we are looking for AA or AAA compliance here. And be sure to review your website regularly. And every time you're adding new features, double check it, make sure it's ADA compliant. When you're adding new content, have it have a set way that you do that so that you're always making sure that it's ADA compliant and making it easier on you. So I hope this week's episode was helpful to you. I would love it if you would jump on your favorite podcast app, give us some reviews. We've gotten some wonderful ones already. And please, if you would share it with a friend who you know that our content would help. And again, I appreciate you allowing us to help you out. And I hope to see you next week. This week's episode is sponsored by a search engine optimization mini course, our free online digital course that teaches e-commerce and website owners how to level up their search engine rankings with some simple, doable steps. Join us at www.ecommercemadeeasypodcast.com forward slash SEO mini course. Again, that is ecommercemadeeasypodcast.com forward slash SEO mini course. Now back to this week's episode.